How's your vision? As I age, it's getting worse. Anybody else have that same problem? At times it's so frustrating trying to read a label or something and you don't have your, your readers with you. I, I probably have 20 pairs of readers and I keep them everywhere, you know? And, and I'm, I get frustrated. I get frustrated when I'm somewhere and they're not in arm's reach. Like I have so many pairs. Why am I in my office? I can't find a pair of glasses. I know I got 10 of them in here somewhere. Um, if you have poor eyesight, you know the limitations uh, of seeing the world living and functioning if you don't have your, your corrective lenses. The ability to see is a tremendous blessing. Imagine living in blindness. Imagine that. Imagine never seeing, you know, one of my most favorite places to be is on the beach and you know I, I grew up in Rhode Island and so I love the water I love I just what a what a place to go and sit on a rock or sit in a chair in the sand and just to watch the waves come in watch the we go to the to Florida every summer and spend a couple of weeks there and the sunsets off the Gulf of uh, Mexico off the Gulf Coast just absolutely spectacular and can you imagine never being able to see a sunrise or a sunset we have so many beautiful sunrises and sunsets here in arizona imagine parents never seeing the face of your child we take our eyesight for granted and as we continue our series tonight refocus fixing our eyes on jesus our text tonight comes from jesus's famous sermon on the mount where jesus makes a peculiar statement and, and one that i think is somewhat tough for us as modern readers to understand at first. And he speaks about this idea of our, our eyes and the importance of what we focus on. Look at verse number 22. The words are here on the screen. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? You say, whoa, 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 whoa. That seems a little confusing. But if we dissect it, I think first by the contrast, and then we look at it within the context, it becomes clear of, of what Jesus is getting at. I think the, the simplest way to start is when you look at the verse, you see four simple equations. You have the eye, and the, the eye equals the lamp of the body. Then you see uh, there in the second phrase, healthy eye. And that equals your whole body will be full of light. If you have a healthy eye, your whole body will be full of light. Then there's the, the third equation, bad eye equals your whole body will be what? Full of darkness. And then the fourth equation is if the light is within you, if the light within you is darkness, then it equals you are in deep darkness. What is he talking about? Well, it's a simple contrast. It's a contrast between a blind person and a sighted person, between light and darkness. The sighted person lives in the light and the blind person lives in the dark, right? That's simple to understand. Uh, almost everything we do depend our body depends on the ability to see i mean just think about where you're sitting right now how did you get here what did you do today right getting you here and in that seat think about 
how many tasks you had to do and how many of them involved your eyesight. Did you make a meal today? I can guarantee you, use, I, I hope you use your eyes. I mean, some of you have been cooking so long, you could do it. You say, I could do it with my eyes closed, right? But I prefer if, you're, if I'm eating the meal that you don't. You know, I kind of like for you to see, the, see what you're doing. Uh, it, did you drive here tonight? I hope you had your eyes open. I wonder sometimes you drive on the roads if some folks are closing their eyes while they're driving. But think about how many things that we do during the day throughout life that we depend on our eyesight. Now look, blind people, they cope with their blindness, don't they? They learn how to maximize their other senses so that they can function and they, they, those other senses can compensate for the loss or the lack of sight. But, but the point that Jesus is making here, he's, he's making the point of the importance of the eye. The importance of having a healthy eye. The importance of what we focus on in life. In the context, he tells us. He, he helps us understand the specifics of what he's talking about, what our focus is to be on. Um, there's not a, 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 a text a text on the, the screen with the next couple of verses I want to read. So if you, if you have a Bible there, we're going to look at verses 19 through 21, then 24 through 25. If you have your mobile device, uh, you can go to your Bible app or lifepath.church, and you can click on the first link, which is this weekend, and you can scroll down, and all these scriptures are there as well. I apologize. I, I didn't make a slide with these verses. But in verses 19 through 21, Jesus says this. He says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then verse 24, no one can serve two masters since either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? So in the immediate context, what is Jesus talking about? Well, he's talking about treasures. He's talking about material possessions. He's, he's talking about things like food and, 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 and uh, clothing and shelter, right? He's talking about the material things of this world. And what we're going to find here is that what Jesus is saying is that the person who focuses on the temporal will have clouded vision, will live in this darkness, as opposed to the person who focuses on the eternal, focuses on Christ and the eternal, his kingdom, will have clear vision, lives in the light. Are you with me? So it's a question of vision. Here's the big idea. As we ask this question, how's your vision tonight? The big idea is what we focus on relates to what we truly desire in life. What we focus on relates to what we truly desire in life and what we should truly desire in life, Jesus says, and we're going to see tonight, is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So for the next couple of minutes, let's dig into what Jesus says here. Let's examine our own vision. Think I exam. 
right? You've been to the, we've all been to the eye doctor at some point. They put that chart up there, you know, with the, the big letters to the little bitty ones down there. And, you know, they, they, probably my favorite part of the eye exam is when they blow that little puff of air in your eye. How many of you really love that part, too? My, my ophthalmologist usually has to do that a couple times because I, I'm anticipating it. Do you do this, too? And you close your eye, you know? She's like, oh, no, keep that thing open, I, you know? Um, I don't like eye exams, and maybe this eye exam will be a little uncomfortable for us tonight, but the question is, is how's our vision? Are we seeing clearly? Or are we walking in darkness? Do we have clear or cloudy vision? So we're just going to look at the two types of vision that Jesus talks about here. First of all, clouded vision. Clouded vision. Blind eyes. Walking in darkness. Living in darkness. And here's the truth. If you go to number one, (coughs) their clouded vision. Here's the truth. So they're in the circle. Focusing on temporal cravings and cares has a blinding and binding effect on your life. In the context, Jesus gives two negative commands. That is, two don'ts. Two don'ts. Revealing what clouds our vision. So you see, verse number 19, he says, don't. And then again, verse 25, he says, don't. So let's just take them one at a time. Because when we focus on these things that he says don't focus on, it clouds our vision. It leads us into this life of darkness. What's the first one? Well, he says this in verse number 19. He says, don't be clouded by temporal cravings. That is the want for things, covetousness, which is idolatry, the scripture tells us. What does it say? Look at verse 19. We read it a moment ago. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. What are these treasures on earth? Well, simply, they're things that money can buy. Things that money can buy. Uh, Doesn't it seem like we have reached a point in our day when the things that money can buy almost seems limitless? Right? I mean, gone are the days where you had a little hardware store in town and a little general store and you were, you know, three hours from anywhere else, and whatever they had in there, that's all you were, that's all you could, that's all you could buy, you know? And that's where duct tape and bailing wire, you know, and guys learning to jimmy rig things, I mean, that's where uh, all that sort of thing, but nowadays, what do we do? If you need something, I can promise you somebody's made it. There's a product, and it is like three clicks away. I mean, it is, you find that baby in 30 seconds on Amazon, and within a couple hours, it might be at your door. I mean, isn't that amazing? I love Amazon. I don't know why I'm plugging this, but I love the fact that I don't have to walk into a, as a man, it's like the most beautiful thing. I don't have to walk into a store. I can just find it. I can find the one I want, and it shows up at my house, sometimes the same day. But you know, there's a danger in that, isn't there? What's the danger? Well, the danger is, is that it's the, the things that money can buy, we can buy whatever we want. In fact, we don't even have to have enough money to buy what we want anymore. 
We got these little, we got plastic cards, man, and they got numbers on them. And those numbers do magic, man. They will, you don't actually have to have the money. You just need to have those little 16-digit numbers on there and an expiration date and a security code, and they will send it to you, right? I mean, this is the day in which we live. Now, listen, let's get something out of the way right here, right now. It's not wrong to have possessions. Don't walk out of here, you know, thinking that buying stuff is wrong. We're not talking about that. It's not a sin to buy things. That said, there's no gain in godliness. Excuse me. There's no godliness in gain. I said that backwards. I'm glad you caught it. I was just, I was just making sure. Wait. There's no godliness in gain. Paul talks about that. In other words, you're not, just because you have stuff doesn't mean you must be spiritual. Like God's blessing you. He's pouring all this stuff. Now, does God bless us? Yes. And everything we have comes from him. Amen? All belongs to him. I was thinking this the other day. I was thinking, you know, I, I've had to do some stuff on my house, our roof on our, on our patio covered had to be redone and um, I'm out for a walk and I'm kind of complaining at God I'm saying God I don't want to deal with my stuff I didn't move here to fix my stuff I came here to do your stuff I want to I would rather be doing ministry than worried about my house and you know what you know what God kind of whispered in my ear he said Dave your stuff is my stuff too (laughs) like Fix the roof on your house because it's my house anyway. I, that was, I hope, oh, that's true. Thank you for reminding me of that. But the point being, the point being, look, we need stuff to live. We have stuff to live, but having stuff doesn't mean that somehow God is necessarily favor. He's he's. We're being favored because of some spirituality in our life. Does that, do you follow me? If God grants riches, then we use them for his, for his glory. Riches are a blessing. But here's what Jesus is getting at. If we will to have riches, if we, if we live for the things of this world, if we covet the things of this world and, and we become greedy and envious and our whole life is geared around storing up treasures in heaven, then we are, blind, we, we are clouding our vision. The, 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 the want for things will cause us to go blind to what's really important in life. Now, haven't we seen this happen? Has this ever happened in your personal life, right? You, you get focused on, well, I just, I need to make this mile mark. I need to have this much in savings. I, we can get so focused in on the material and we lose sight of other important things like relationships in our life. Our relationship to God sometimes begins to take a back seat because we're so focused on the next thing, or getting what we want. What we focus on relates to what we truly desire in life. The scriptures uh, equates coveting with idolatry. Why is that? Because we make, when, we, when we covet something, we make an idol out of it. We seek it, and we put God on the shelf. We, we put God in second place to those things that we want. Now, 
you know, interestingly enough, the only things money can buy that Jesus actually mentions in the context is food and clothing. Not all the 100 million other things on Amazon. Just food and clothing, things we actually need for our survival. And so the issue here, it's bigger than just living luxuriously. It's not, it's not what Jesus is talking about. The question is, do you trust your money more than you trust God? That's really what it comes down to. Are you focused in your living? Have you focused your sights on the temporal rather than the eternal? Now, this is tough for us. Can we just admit it? This is tough for us. Why? Because as human beings, we live in a material world. We live needing, we need food. We need clothing. We, we need stuff to live. We need a vehicle to get here. Gas in that vehicle, right? That vehicle needs repairs from time to time. You go home, you, you need a roof over your head and, and stuff inside to, for living, right? And for cooking and, and all. We, we need things. And so because we live in a material world, it's really easy to what? To live for the things we can see with our Human eyes. This is the struggle. This is what Jesus is getting at. This is a struggle for us, and this is why we have to be reminded, hey, what am I focusing on in my life? We're tempted in all of this to think that if we, if we could just have more of what we need for survival and beyond that, then somehow we would be able to see more clearly in life. We would be able to, to live more easily in life. We would have a better perspective on the world around us and how we can operate in it. But in reality, that is just a deception. And so it's really easy for us to be completely blinded while we are pursuing the want of more. Blind to the consequences, blind to the cost of it. Have you ever considered that having more stuff costs you more? Costs you more money, costs you more time to take care of it, right? Costs you more energy. What does that mean? If it costs us more money, it means we have less money for what's really important. If it costs us more time, to take care of it and even utilize it, use it, enjoy it, whatever, then it means we now have less time for what really matters. Are you tracking with me, right? If it, if it requires energy, right, to, to take care of this stuff or to, to enjoy this stuff or to get this stuff, then it means I have less energy for what really is, is important in life. So more doesn't solve a whole lot, you know what it does? It actually creates more problems in our life. Again, I'm not preaching against having stuff. Don't misunderstand. It's about our focus in life. It's about where our attention is. When you focus on temporal things, you lose sight of the eternal things so think about what will matter then 
and ask yourself, is that what I'm focused on? What will matter when all of the material is gone? What will matter then? And then, am I actually focused on that? Or am I focused on all of the material that will eventually go up in smoke? All be gone. And this is our struggle. One of the signs that our focus has shifted toward the temporal cravings and the want for more is closed-fistedness. Closed-fistedness. In fact, according to biblical thought, the, the bad eye in this passage that Jesus speaks about is a stingy, it's a miserly spirit. What he's saying is that, uh, the, that materialism and greed, it, it shuts out the light of Christ because things then tend to become more important than spiritual things. And you can think of people in the Bible, right? Think of Esau. Think of Solomon. Uh, how about Demas? Remember the story about Demas, how he, how he, uh, he forsook Paul because he loved the things of this world, right? This is the struggle that we have as human beings. And so if we're not careful, we can adopt the same grasping attitude of people with that bad eye. If our vision becomes clouded by false gods of materialism, we lose our sense of values and then we end up wasting our life because we're distracted and investing our life in the wrong treasures. Paul says this in 1 Timothy. He says, But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. Think about that verse. What is he saying? When we get our focus on the temporal, man, it sends us down a really bad path. And we, we lose our sight of what's important and we go into this, this tunnel of darkness. Has your vision in life been clouded by the desire of things? I was going to, I don't have the time to really do it. I'll just make a note of it here. I was going to go to Psalm 73. <coughs> and I'd encourage you maybe to jot that passage down. I'll just reference it. Psalm 73, Asaph, uh, the, the author there, he, he, he begins by saying that, you know, God, he knew that God was good. He had seen the goodness of God. But he says, but as for me, my, my feet had almost slipped. He said, my steps almost went astray. He said, because I envied the arrogant, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He, he took his focus off God, and he got his eyes on the prosperity of those around him, and he saw how they lived at ease, he saw how they increased in wealth, and he's like, I'm trying to live for God. Am I wasting my time? Have I been wasting my time? Because those who are focused on the material, it seems like, they're doing really well while here I am trying to focus on God and the eternal and it seems like I just get beat up day after day after day and I'm suffering and I'm in trouble and there's just so much wrong going on in my life. Am I, am I focusing in on the wrong thing? But then in Psalm 73 verse 17, it's, it tells us that Asaph went into God's sanctuary and he understood their destiny. He remembered the end 
of those who don't know God. He remembers that, as he says there, you put them in slippery places and they fall into ruin, how suddenly they become desolation. Church, we have to, re- we have to remember this, living in a country of such bounty, that all of it burns up one day. It all burns up one day. What's the cure for covetousness? Two things I think that you can see from Psalm 73. Count your blessings and content yourself in the Lord. This is what Asaph did. He took his eyes off those who were prospering. He looked to the Lord. He saw how good God was to him, and he contented himself in the Lord. He says in verse 23, Psalm 73, Yet, You're always with me. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you take me up to glory. Psalm 73 is a perfect illustration of getting your eyes back on God, refocusing on what really matters. So Jesus says, hey, don't be clouded. Don't be clouded by temporal desires. Temporal cravings. The second thing he says here is don't be clouded by temporal cares. We'll have to move a little quicker through this. He says here in verse number 25, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying the very things that we tend to crave and, and, and seek and, and, and live for, set our focus on, He says, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about them. I mean, again, this this really hits close to home, doesn't it, for us? I mean, because these are the things that we worry about. How am I going to take care of this? How am I going to take care of that? How am I going to pay this? How am I going to fix that? How how am I going to manage the material things that we need in life as a family, right? These are the things that we face and and deal with. And Jesus simply says, church, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about them. The Greek word worry there means to be drawn in two different directions. Isn't that what worry does? Man, worry just pulls us apart. What's the cure for worry? Well, Jesus gives it in Matthew 6 for us. I'll give you a couple things here quickly. He says, first of all, believe your heavenly Father knows what your needs are. Look in verse 32. Your heavenly Father knows that you need. Verse 8. Your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. God knows what you need before you know what you need. Do we believe that? Do we trust that, that God knows what my needs are? He knows what your needs are going to be 10 years from now. You know, we think about retirement and all that stuff. Some of you are there, and and perhaps in retirement, you're on a fixed income, and you're like, inflation, how am I going to, how is this going to work next year? How how am I going to, listen. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Believe that. I think, secondly, Jesus, as he speaks about the cure for worry, he he encourages us to remember that 
God cares for his children. Verse 26, consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? God takes care of the birds. He's been doing it for thousands of years. He's been feeding them. He's been taking care of creation. If he can take care of all the living creatures on planet Earth, listen, he can take care of you. You have to remember that. That your heavenly father not only knows what you need, but he cares about you. And he takes care of the birds, and you're worth more than them to him. Then, Jesus says that we're to then trust him to provide our needs. Verse 33, says, all these things will be provided for you. We'll see what comes before that here in a moment. But, but he says, look, your heavenly father can provide all of these things. The food that you need, the clothing, he can provide that for you. And then he says in verses 8 and 11, ask him for what you need. He taught his disciples to pray, give us today our daily bread. And verse 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Probably one of the greatest verses in the scripture that helps us with dealing with worry is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. When we ask God, we talk to him about our needs, when we bring them before him, not only does he have the ability, not only does he promise to provide what we need, but he gives us the peace in our hearts so we don't, we don't continue to worry about it. And so I wonder, as we go into the, ne- this, the next point here, has your vision been clouded by the want for things? Have you been so focused in on the want for things or the worry for things that your, your vision has been clouded? You can't, you're not following Christ. You're not focusing on him as he would have you to focus on him. Well, there's cloudy vision, and then, too, there's clear vision, right? There's the healthy eye. And here's the truth. Number two, here's the truth. Focusing on Christ and his kingdom fills your life with purpose, promise, and peace. Jesus says, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If you have physical vision, you can see what you're doing and where you're going. In that sense, a healthy eye fills life with light. And in the same way, if you have healthy spiritual vision, if our spiritual perspective is not blurred but correctly adjusted, then our life is filled with light. Have you ever tried doing something but the light's too dim and your eyes can't, they're not that healthy and you can't really see? The other day I was in the garage and I'm, back around the corner it's kind of dark in that corner if just the garage light is on not all the lights in there and i'm i'm trying to looking at some some uh, bottle i think it was garage lubricant or whatever and you know i don't have my glasses on and it's dim but i'm struggling because i'm there and i don't want to walk over to the light switch and i don't want to go grab my glass can i can i see this thing no i can't see it just can't see it. Had to go flip the lights on, grab the glasses, then I could see it. Okay? What's the point? Well, the point is, 
is that if you want to see clearly in life, Jesus says we have to focus on him. We have to focus on him. He's the light that gives us light. He's the one who corrects our vision. And so he says three simple things in this passage. I'll I'll try to give them to you quickly here. The first thing he says is that to have clear vision, we have to seek the kingdom of God first. Go to verse 33. He says, this is a famous verse in the Bible, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A healthy eye seeks God first. First. His kingdom. His righteousness. Heaven's our home. Heaven's where our true citizenship lies. Have we set our affections, as it says in Colossians, on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God? Paul said, we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We have to remember that. We have to continually refocus our eyes off of the world in which we live and the temporal things of this world and get our eyes back on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's one thing that blinds us quicker than anything else. It's sin. It's sin, isn't it? Man, how quickly we we are blinded by our sin. We're blinded to the consequences. We're blinded to the cost of our sin. We can even be, it's amazing how sin, like how clearly we can see sin in other people's lives, but not see it in our own. That's how sin, that's what sin does. It blinds us to our own. It's like Jesus said, you know, how is it that you can see that splinter in your brother's eye, but you're missing this beam in your own eye? That's how, that's how sin works. It blinds us. And when we shift our focus to Christ, we come into the light. And when we come into the light, he exposes the darkness. He exposes the sin in our life. And so Jesus says, look, Focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And if you will do that, he gives a promise. What is the promise? Verse 33, and all these things will be provided for you. He will meet your needs. What you need to live, the stuff, the material things you need, he will provide it for you. And he may provide well beyond what you actually require just to live, the, the absolute essential. He re, doesn't he provide so much more than just food and clothing for us? Amen? He does. He has. He'll continue to do that. That's the promise he makes to us. We don't have to focus on the material because he will give us what we need. Now, that doesn't mean that we you know, quit our job and sit home and don't work just waiting for God to bring it in. That's not what he's saying here. It's not what he's saying. But even in all of our efforts in our work, we still keep our focus on him, and we trust him that through our work, he's going to provide for our family and for our needs. So clear vision seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Second, clear vision stores up treasures in heaven. Verse 20. After saying, don't store up treasures on earth, he says, store up treasure for yourself, treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. 
Wow. What a place, isn't it? To know that we can lay up treasures in heaven? It's the only way that you can transfer the material of this world into the material in the next world. When we lay up treasures in heaven, when we seek God's kingdom first, we receive a promise. When we store up treasures in heaven, I think what we receive is peace. Peace because, look, it's secure. I I don't have to worry about my stuff today. I can work and I can provide, but it's God who provides and God will provide. And I'm now at peace that, look, everything that I need is secure in him. He'll provide what I need now, and he's keeping safe in heaven the treasures that have been laid up there for eternity. We get peace in the security of knowing what our future is. And that our, our riches are safe with him in heaven. He guards them. The third thing he says here, if we're going to see clearly, is if you go down to verse number 24. He says, No man can serve two masters since either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So if we're going to see clearly, not only do we need to seek him first, store up treasures in heaven, but we have to serve him and him alone. Only him. Jesus says, you can't be a slave to two owners. You can't be a slave to material things and at the same time submit to Jesus. We have to decide what world we're going to live for, which master we're going to serve. So when we serve him, when we choose, when we surrender to serve him and only him, not material things, but to serve Jesus Christ, here's what we get. We receive purpose. Because now I have a reason to live, and it's not something that is going to go up in smoke. Now I can serve the living God whom I'm going to stand before, and Jesus is going to judge our works. In fact, if you remember what Paul wrote, he said, look, the day's coming when our works are going to be judged by fire, and the wood, hay, and stubble, it's all going to be burnt up. That's all the material stuff. That's all the things we do for, that, that will only last in this life. It will go up in smoke, but the gold, silver, and precious stones, those are those treasures in heaven, that will last for eternity. You see what kind of purpose you have now when you choose to serve him and not money? Now you have a purpose that goes well beyond yourself, well beyond this life into the next. Now you have a reason to get up every day and go work that job and, and, and lead your family and love the people around you. Why? Because you're serving God in all of it. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, you're doing it for his glory. You're living for him. You're serving him in it all. Serving God and man adds meaning to our life and it throws light on everything we do. So, how's your... How's your eye? How's your vision? Is it healthy? Do you see God as master and money as slave? 
It comes down to one thing. It comes down to our desire. If our desires are temporal, we're blinded by what we want and we worry about the material. But if we desire Christ and his kingdom and his righteousness, then what happens? Our life is filled with light, with promise, with peace, and with purpose. And so tonight, could we just, as we, as we take a moment to reflect in our own lives and to, and to close with the word of prayer, would we give the Lord the first place in our life? We say, Lord, would you help me to keep my focus and my desire set on you? It's normal for us as human beings to get our eyes on the, on the temporal things around us. We just have to, like Asaph, get him back on the Lord. Get him back on him. Remember what's truly important in life and set our desires on him.